Hello, and welcome to the Hardcore Zen Podcast. I'm Brad Warner, your host, author of Letters to a Dead Friend about Zen, Hardcore Zen, Sit Down and Shut Up, Don't Be a Jerk, and a plethora of other books about Zen Buddhism. This podcast is offered for free, so take it for free if you want, but if you do want to support me, my main means of support are your donations, you can go to hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate. There you will find links to my Patreon and PayPal accounts. That is my main way of making a living. And I thank you very much for your support. Okay, we are continuing with the talks about Hyakujo's Fox, which I did at Benedictushof in Germany. And this is the thrilling conclusion, part three of my talks about Hyakujo's Fox. I feel like the discussion for this one gets a little funky near the end, but uh, maybe you'll enjoy the funkiness of it. Uh, I hope you do. I had a good time. So let's just take a listen. Here goes. I'm going to start off before I talk about the fox colon. I want to read you something that I just read last night in a book called I Am That, which is not from the not from the Zen tradition, but from the Advaita tradition. So there's a little bit of different language, but I thought it was maybe interesting. It's not what I want to mainly talk about, but I like this quote. He says, this is the teacher of Nisargadatta Maharaj. You need not chase the I am to kill it. And when he says I am, it's kind of his way of saying like the small self. You need not chase the I am to kill it. You cannot All you need is a sincere longing for reality. We call it atma-bhakti, the love of the supreme, or moksha-sankalpa, the determination to be free from the false. Uh, Nishijima Roshi, my teacher, used to call it the will to the truth, uh, doshin, which is sometimes uh, translated as the heart of the way, the, the, yeah, something like that, doshin, same kind of idea. He says, without love and will inspired by love, nothing can be done. Merely talking about reality without doing anything about it is self-defeating. There must be love in relation between the person who says I am and the observer of that I am, the, the one who observes what you do. As long as the observer, the inner self, the higher self, considers himself apart from the observed, the lower self despises it and condemns it. The situation is hopeless. It is only when the observer accepts the person, so when the large self accepts the small self, uh, it's only when the observer accepts the person as a projection or manifestation of himself and takes the self with a small s into the self with a big s. So to say, the duality of the I, sorry, the duality of I and this goes, and in, let me try that again. <laughs> the duality of I and this goes, and in the identity of the outer and the inner, the supreme reality manifests itself. This union of the seer and the seen happens when the seer becomes conscious of himself as the seer. He is not merely interested in the seen, which he is anyhow, but also interested in being interested giving attention to attention, aware of being aware. Affectionate awareness is the crucial factor that brings reality into focus. He he talks in a way that uh, Zen teachers don't talk about affectionate, the affection between the larger self and the the smaller um, self. I forgot to bring my water. Can you bring... um, 
I'm sorry to make you do do such things, menial tasks. I, I, I don't like ordering her around, but if I get up, then it'll be weird. Um, so, so um, that's uh, that's that's the quote of the day. I just liked it. Um, I thought it was interesting. So let's, and we can talk about it later if you want to talk about that. Just I want to sort of finish with Hyaku Joe's fox. And I found that I had in my computer uh, the uh, version for the, from the Mumonkan, which actually has the Chinese uh, in it. So if you want to see the Chinese, I have it. Um, it. Which is interesting to me, because I forgot I even, thank you, I forgot that I even owned this. And so, um, and so actually I can look at it. If you, if you can read Japanese, you automatically can read some Chinese. <laughs> Uh, and, and one thing I think is interesting that I discovered when living in Japan is that Japanese people will look at something written in Chinese and go, oh, I can't read that, that's in Chinese. And I go, but it, I, I can read that, it's the, same, <laughs> it's the same characters. And they go, oh, no, I can't read that. So <laughs> I, I find that fascinating. I used to find that fascinating. I mean, I, I can't read like a book in Chinese or anything, but if it's a short phrase or something and it's characters I'm familiar with from learning them in Japanese, I can figure it out most of the time. But Japanese people never seem to be able to do that, and I think maybe it's because they're too close to it. it they, they notice only the differences between the two languages, and they don't notice that it's written with the same letters. It's just in the wrong order and, and stuff like that. And uh, anyway. Here's, this is a, I'm not going to read you the Chinese, but this has an English translation, which actually, I, I'm going to tell you, has some mistakes in it, or at least one. Anyway, here we go. When Hyakujo Osho delivered a certain series of sermons, an old man always followed the monks to the main hall and listened to him. When the monks left the hall, the old man would also leave. One day, however, he remained behind, and Hyakujo asked him, Who are you standing before me? The old man replied, I am not a human being. In the old days of Kashapa Buddha, I was a head monk living here on the mountain. Um, yeah. One day a student asked me, does a man of enlightenment fall under the yoke of causation or not? Uh, I answered, no, he does not. Since then, I have been doomed to undergo 500 births as a fox. <laughs> I beg you now to give the turning word to release me from my life as a fox. Tell me, does a man of enlightenment fall under the yoke of causation or not? Hyakujo answered, he does not ignore causation. <coughs> That's Fumainga. He's not unclear about causation. No sooner had the old man heard these words than he was enlightened. Making his bows, he said, I am emancipated from my life as a fox. I shall remain on this mountain. I have a favor to ask you. Could you please bury my body as that of a dead monk? Hyakujo had the director of the monks strike the gavel and inform everyone that after the midday meal there would be a funeral service for a dead monk. The monks wondered at this, saying, Everyone is in good health. Nobody's in the sick ward. What does this mean? After the meal, Hyakujo led the monks to the foot of a rock to the foot of a rock on the side of the mountain, and with his staff poked out the body, uh, the dead body of a fox, and performed the ceremony of cremation. That evening, he ascended to the rostrum. He got up on the 
thing, <laughs> and told the monks the whole story. Obaku thereupon asked him, the old man gave the wrong answer and was doomed to be a fox for 500 rebirths. Now suppose he had given the right answer, what would have happened then? Hyakujo said, come here to me and I will tell you. Obaku went up to Hyakujo and boxed his ears. That's the part where it's, it, I, I can look at the Chinese character and it says one slap. It doesn't say anything about ears. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, so people change these things as they translate them. Hyakujo clapped his hands and with a laugh, um, yeah, yeah. Hyakujo clapped his hands and with a laugh and exclaimed, I was thinking that the barbarian had a red beard, but now I see before me the red-bearded barbarian himself. That's also a little different. He's saying, I was thinking the barbarian had a red beard, but now I see that red beards are barbarians. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So that's, uh, that's the koan again in a, a third different version. It's, it's quite a popular one, so it's easy to find you just look up Hyakujo's fox. And I, I was checking this morning online about some things I'd forgotten. Uh, Hyakujo is in Chinese called uh, Bai Zhang, uh, usually n nowadays, or if you look at an older, it's called, uh, he's called Pai Ching in Chinese. And the reason is because the characters are pronounced differently by Japanese people and by Chinese people. So that's, uh, if, you, if you see a reference to Bai Zhang, that's the same as Hyakujo's fox. And you might find the koan listed as Bai Zhang's fox. Uh, and I wanted to bring you something by Obaku. Uh, Obaku is, uh, he, the, the most famous, well, I think the only piece of writing that we have is called Transmission of the Mind. And, it's included in this book called Zen Roots, but there's also a um, there's also several other translations the, uh, into English, and there's probably German translations as well. Uh, it was there's one that was translated in the 1950s into English. It's been around. It's still in print. You can still find it. Um, I forgot what it's called, uh, but his Chinese name is Huang Po. So I think it's called the Zen Teachings of Huang Po. So Huang Po and Obaku are the same person. And Dogen, um, I, I meant to bring this, but I forgot. I have a, a list of different places where Dogen praises uh, Obaku as being one of the greatest uh, Zen masters ever. He's, his teacher was Hyakujo, but he's even greater than Hyakujo. Hyakujo's teacher was Basso, and Obaku is even greater than Basso. So, uh, so Dogen really liked him. Um, so... This is the most famous sort of, this is the first part of transmission of the mind, and it's quite short, and it's probably the most famous thing. It's just one paragraph long that, that's often quoted from Obaku. This is the guy who slaps his teacher, Hyakujo, who is also, Obaku is also supposed to be seven feet tall, which is like more than two meters tall, um, and, uh, and had a, a, big, a big bump on his head, apparently. That's what they, they say about him, like some, something in the middle of his forehead, this big lump. So a big, ugly guy <laughs> yeah, uh, was Obaku. Um, he says, Buddhas and beings are just this one mind and nothing else. From time without beginning, this mind has never been born or destroyed. It isn't blue or yellow. It has no form or characteristics. It isn't subject to existence or non-existence. It doesn't qualify as new or old. 
It isn't long or short. It isn't big or small. It exceeds all limits, descriptions, uh, imitations, or comparisons. It's right here in this body. If you think about it, you've missed it. Like space, it has no borders and can't be measured. Just this one mind, this is the Buddha. There is no difference between a Buddha and a being. But beings are attached to appearances and search outside themselves. And their searching leads them further astray. Sending a Buddha to find a Buddha, using the mind to grasp the mind, they wear themselves out for kalpas on end. And a kalpa is an incredibly long time. Uh, one description of how long a kalpa is, is there's a, there's a mountain that's, I don't know, uh, incredibly tall, and a butterfly comes by once every hundred years and rubs its wings on that mountain. And a kalpa is how long it takes for the mountain to wear away completely if the butterfly comes once every hundred years and just touches it with its wings. So that's a kalpa. Um, so using a mind to grasp, they wear themselves out for kalpas without end, and still they wouldn't find it, that mind. They don't realize that if they stopped thinking and worrying about it, the Buddha would appear before them. This mind is a Buddha. A Buddha is a being. When it's a being, this mind doesn't shrink, and when it's a Buddha, this mind doesn't expand. So that's kind of the most famous uh, teaching of Obaku. Uh, this is long after he slapped his teacher. And the most famous story of Hyakujo, that I, I had forgotten this was Hyakujo's story. Uh, I always liked this story, but I forgot it was about Hyakujo. So Hyakujo is a student at this point, and he's with his teacher, who's Baso, or, or Matsu. And they, they're looking at some geese flying through the air, and Baso says, uh, what are those? And Hyakujo says, they're geese. And Baso says, where did they go? And he says, uh, Hyakujo says, they flew away. And then Baso goes and twists Hyakujo's nose like this, and Hyakujo goes, ah! And, uh, and uh, Baso says, oh, I thought you said the geese flew away. So that's the, that's the story of Hyakujo. And that, that is supposedly the moment that Hyakujo had his, uh, his profound enlightenment experience. So go around and do it with us? Yeah, yeah, I should do it too. It's one of my favorite Three Stooges uh, moments in Zen. So if you ever saw the Three Stooges, they're always twisting each other's noses like that. Um, so that's, that's that story about Hyakujo. Um, so, oh, here's another story about Obaku. Uh, this is uh, supposedly Obaku, and his, uh, he had this friend who was a, another a Zen student. And they're, uh, they, they get to a stream, and they're going, well, how do we cross this stream? And his friend goes, well, or Obaku says, you can go first. And his friend walks across the stream, just like Jesus walking on water, you know, walks right on top of the water. And Obaku gets really mad and said, you, mu you magician, I thought you were a real Zen student, but you're just a magician who uses miraculous powers. If I'd known that before, I would have broken your leg. <laughs> so that's, that's Obaku. He wasn't impressed by that sort of thing. Um, now, one of the key points in this in this koan is something Dogen points out and also the, uh, 
the guy who I first read who um, talked about this koan was a Rinzai teacher who probably never read Dogen, but he also pointed out the same thing, which is Ladida. Let me see. Obaku says to his teacher, he says to Hyakujo, the old man gave the wrong answer and was doomed to, uh, to be a fox for 500 births. Births. Now suppose he had given the right answer, what would have, have happened then? And Dogen points out, and Joshu Sasaki Roshi points out, that the, nobody ever says the old man gave the wrong answer. So this is, uh, to, to both of them, an important point. So they're not saying that he gave the wrong answer, but he didn't give the proper answer at the time, I think is the point. Um, and then that's when the slap and the, and the clap happen. So um, it, it kind of gets into the nature of what is and isn't a mistake, or what is and isn't wrong. And this is a really difficult point in, in Zen. Uh, and it's the thing I've been thinking about a lot and tried to, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, that I, I've been trying to write a book about this. Uh, which is that the the Zen teachings have us have have within them, and I think this koan points it out. This idea that nothing is really a mistake, nothing is really wrong, that everything is beyond good and bad. But they also have the strong teachings of ethics, which implies that there is a good and bad, and that there is a right and wrong, and. The, the resolution for that, I think, is knowing what is appropriate in the moment that you act. Uh, that's how you know right and wrong. But there's no absolute right and absolute wrong. And Dogen points this out when he gives his commentary on this. He says sometimes something is a mistake in the age of Kashapa Buddha, which is the past, but not a mistake in the age of Shakyamuni Buddha, which is the present. Uh, so knowing, knowing the distinction is kind of what uh, the koan uh, is about. And he asks, if, you hadn't, if he hadn't answered wrongly, he says, so the question is, if you never make a mistake in, in life, how would this world be? Uh, which is an interesting question. But I don't think it's a question we can ever answer because we're always making mistakes. But I think the, uh, the answer is to do what's appropriate at the moment. And in the context of this koan, uh, I think the, um, the, way, the way it's trying to demonstrate that idea is that Obaku comes up and his, his teacher says, come here and I'll tell you. And Obaku comes up and slaps his teacher. Uh, and at that moment, uh, Obaku did exactly what he should have done. And the teacher recognized that and says, you, you, you figured it out. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the man with the red beard is, is a Bodhidharma, but Bodhidharma is also a man with a red beard. It's just two ways of saying the same thing. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. Which we chanted this morning, shiki sokuze ku ku sokuze shiki. Yeah. So, I got through my notes really quickly that time. 
Uh, I, I find this is this is a little interesting experiment for me. I'll just tell you, because I usually don't uh, work from notes, and I try to kind of teach. You know, I try to try to speak. Um, I don't know if it's teaching, but I try to kind of speak um, really freely without looking at notes. So uh, I always uh, the few times that I use notes to speak, I always either go too long or too short. So today I went too short. Does anyone have any any questions or comments or anything about that? We can maybe. Um, I have um, a comment on, on, on the koan. Yeah. And, um, I, I think that that the koan actually deals with a logical fallacy. Mm. How's that? And um, so. Uh, first, I have to say what logical kind of statement I mean. Right? I mean, and it's in the context of um, cause and effect. What's um, very uh, essential on the ground is like one logical um, statement that is called like logical implication, which is implication in the form if A then B, right? oh, yeah, which yeah. is like kind of like at the core of cause and effect. And um, when you look at um, when you look at the core. Um, then we say, or it said that the old master gave like a wrong answer, mm -hmm. and he was doomed to a fate living as a white fox. Right. So you, you, you immediately, like the human mind, like makes the statement: if wrong answer, then wild fox. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, which then you think because we are so passionate and we kind of we think, I mean, how can we save the old master? Um, so we kind of very quickly come to the conclusion. It's very simple, right answer, no white fox. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is the um, the statement if kind of um, right answer then not white fox, which yeah. is actually if not A then not B. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But logically this statement is wrong. It it, it is? It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's logically wrong. And um, it, actually I, I mean I think that this is meant because um, the statement is made again by Vaku, mm -hmm. and then Hakujo uh, dis disproves it. He gives actually the, the body dharma comment for me as a proof that this is yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, like before, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I come to the body dharma piece. Um, um, one way to see it quickly that kind of like this this flip of a statement is, is uh, improper is say if you take the if then statement. If a number is divisible by four, then the number is divisible by two, which is fairly obvious. Okay. Right? Now, now I know you're a mathematician. So. <laughs> now, when you want to avoid the divisibility by, divisibility by, by two, uh -huh. and you think you just forbid divisibility by four, then this makes the trick. So, if not divisible by four and not divisible by two, then this yeah. is wrong, because take oh. the number six. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. It's okay, not okay. divisible by four, but it's divisible by two. It's, in, in the context of, like, the story about the, the old master, we are led to believe that the statement, if not A, that it follows not B, is, is actually true, mm -hmm. uh, which actually is not the case. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you look at what, um, then have that Ubaku in the version you gave, like, printed, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Ubaku even uh, makes this impression stronger. So he says, in, in if the, the master, like in the, the whole sequence of answers that he was giving, 
Like one answer was wrong, and even for that, he became a wild fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's even stronger. Yeah, actually, Dogen points this out. He says, if if you just if you became born as a wild fox for 500 lifetimes, uh, the world would be full of wild foxes, <laughs> and there would be nothing but wild foxes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then he also like he, he, he flips that around as like we did in our mind with like not A and B. He says, but what if all the answers would have been right, which is actually mm -hmm. the negation of like the it exists one answer that is mm -hmm. wrong, right? So it's the not A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have trouble with the yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so what would happen then? So he makes also the statement. So we assume at least not a white fox, right? Like yeah, there, yeah. there must be something better. At least not the white fox. I think Hakucho then um, knows that like Obaku is wrong with his assertion and says, "Come up and I will show you what is what is not wrong, say yeah. what is right." Yeah. So he um, formulates the whole thing in, in a different flavor. Yeah. In a different flavor, we are easily exacting that actually the, the derivation is wrong. Mm -hmm. He says, um, "Bodhidharma has a red beard," which is. Everyone would agree a right statement. Right? Yeah. So if you if you and the second one, which he attributes to Obaku, which is um, uh, a man with a red beard, is Bodhidharma, which is obviously generally wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, because there are men with red beards which are not Bodhidharma. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so um, and he attributes it to like this is what actually essentially Obaku is saying, but it's a yeah. different flavor, and uh, to see that. One has to fiddle around with the statement somewhat. Yeah. So, um, Hakusho said, Bodhidharma has a red beard. If, if you reformulate slightly, you could say, a man, which is, um, if a man is Bodhidharma, it follows that this man has a red beard. Yeah, okay. Same statement. Right? But you see here, you have this if then again. Yeah. If man is, is Bodhidharma, then red beard. Now, if you would. If you would like to flip it around, if you would like to avoid yeah. Yeah. the red beard, which is similar to what we had earlier, if you want to avoid the, the wild fox. So if you want to have not red beard, does it help to say if a man is, is uh, not Bodhidharma, uh, he, then it follows he has not a red beard, which is wrong. Is that okay? <laughs> which is wrong. Which yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. you say... Well, no, he could have shaved, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is actually, which is actually the, the reformulated statement. What mm -hmm. he said, like a man um, with a red beard, um, it follows that this man is Bodhidharma, which is exactly the statement. Then, if you turn it around, if a man is um, not Bodhidharma, he does not have a red beard. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is I have trouble with logic. <laughs> which is true only yeah. in one case. I mean, there is an exception where, like, the, the second statement, yeah. a man with a red beard is Bodhidharma, is true. There's just one case. The only man in the world with a red beard is Bodhidharma. Okay. But in general, this is wrong. So yeah. that's why I think um, this, this, um, this uh, for me, this, this koan is, is, I even have an interpretation of why the man is not, <laughs> is, is not, uh, is not uh, a human being. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe this first. Um, <laughs> if, if you think the, the, the old master comes and says, I'm not um, a human being, um, 
if, if you see it in that kind of like derivation, then this man plays a role in that kind of logical construct. Like if yeah. that, so he is a cause. He gave a wrong answer. Yeah. So what the Quran is saying, I mean, this is like a special case, but this is true for all things that are happening with all these if-then yeah, statements, yeah, yeah. with all causes and all effects. So it's not just like man who did something. It is when an asteroid comes down, when a car drives too fast, when it's raining, whatever. All these causes play a role in this construct. Well, so yeah. the old man comes and says, I'm not a human being. He says, I'm all phenomena that can be a cause. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's, when he says, I'm not a human being, he is kind of saying that he's coming from that point of view that he is, he's a manifestation of everything. You know. he, he is just a cause, and yeah. it could be anything. So, well, uh, each of us is just a, a cause, <laughs> you know, ultimately. Yeah, everyone is. Yeah. Um, um, so, for me, there's, like, there's two things. There's, the one thing is, um, we are very quickly led to believe that certain things are logically connected. Yeah. So when you hear the story, wrong answer, and then he became... White yeah. Fox. We immediately make this derivation yeah, yeah. subconsciously, which might be wrong, right? I mean, maybe what the old master, like in his former life, did something very weird. Yeah. And no matter how he would answer the question, he would become a wild fox. Maybe he was, yeah, maybe he became a wild fox for another reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's the one thing where we do draw connections where maybe there, there are no connections. And the second one is um, even if there's a connection, if you do not know all the reasons that lead to something, just eliminating one doesn't help. Well, yeah, yeah, in general. I mean, that's kind of the... Uh, yeah, cause and effect is very complicated. I mean, that's kind of the, the bottom line of, of that. And, and, one of the, and one of the problems with sort of trying to understand it's one of the things that when, when we talk about the idea of karma, which is a big, that, that inga, inga is karma, uh, when it's translated as cause and effect, so it's the same concept as, as karma. And I, I don't know if it's exactly the point of the koan, but it, there, is the, um, there is a kind of a problem where people try to figure out other people's karma, or fi figuring out your own is hard enough, but it's much worse when you try to figure out somebody else's. And there's a kind of societal problem I've heard. Somebody brought it up in, uh, in one of my Benedictushof uh, uh, a few years ago when I was talking, uh, who had been to India and said there's this kind of uh, thing that happens in India where if they see somebody who's handicapped, you know, is a, you know, born with a you know, weird leg or something, they think, oh, that person did some terrible thing in their past life, so the person get, there's a lot of prejudice against people. Um, over there for that reason because of the concept of karma and a lot of people uh, have trouble with the concept of karma because they see it as leading to that sort of thing and that's why I think it's very important never to to try to decide what somebody else's karma is because you don't know um, because you don't even know what your own is so always just treat people with kindness and respect no matter what their situation is um, and not make assumptions. Where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that. But I just thought it, it was a, it, uh, something I think about when I think about karma.
but the the logic of the story, I think, is is basically yeah, what you're saying is is true. I I feel like if you the the danger is just to stop at the logical understanding of it and not try to kind of um, see the implications, though. Well, I mean, there is say I one implication is. If you figure out all the causes that lead to something, but you can't. But you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's another thing. If if you can, if you can, if you know there's there are causes that lead to something, eliminating one does not help to kind of make it completely go. But yeah, it yeah. Changes, oh yeah, yeah. Changes yeah. probabilities. So yeah. you you rule out one cause. So what it's saying is, it it doesn't solve the problem completely, but there's one chance less that you end up in this wrong situation. Yeah. Right? So you, you can, it, it, it's a positive statement in the sense um, you, you, you do as much possible positive things, then you, you can achieve as much as possible to avoid yeah. bad outcome. Yeah. So that's kind of what, what, what it says, but to, yeah. to figure it out, which is well, as you said, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, there's that, that problem in the sciences that I was just reading something that, the, you know, the, there was this theory for a long time that if you knew all of the conditions of a, a system, you could perfectly predict every outcome. But it turns out you can't know all the conditions, you know, you can't know all the causes. And uh, there's also something that, that the universe <laughs> seems to do that, that uh, kind of... Um, negates that anyway. Uh, I don't remember, it's science, I can never understand science. There's also a great judgment in it because uh, 500 life as a wild fox, mm -hmm. maybe it isn't that bad. Well, that's, that's another, that's another uh, thing that people say when they comment on that, on that koan. There's, uh, I was just reading up on it yesterday. Uh, that there's a there's a kind of a commentary which says well, what's so bad about yeah that's it's one of the commentaries say what's so bad about being a fox for 500 lifetimes, and one time I, I I'm not good at math <laughs> like you are, but one time I tried to figure out well 500 it doesn't add up if Kashapa Buddha lived two million years ago, and and a fox and a fox lives about 15 years, <laughs> then 500 lives as a as a wild fox doesn't add up to two million. I I, I can't do. I don't know what it adds up to, but it's not two million. About four thousand years. About four thousand. Four thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, but there's like another funny thing in there. We are like when you hear, we hear the story, we are. Um, we are inclined to, to think yeah, what's similar to what you said. It, he has to avoid the wild fox thing. Yeah. So we wish something for like the guy uh, saying at least not wild fox. Yeah. But, but we should be careful what we wish for. There could be something else. Worse than wild fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's and the yeah. and there's a metaphor. The metaphorical thing about the wild fox is that they're saying he's 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 a, not necessarily a liar, but he's being tricky. You know, to to say that somebody's born as a wild fox, and um, one of the commentaries I saw said, "Well, how many times have you been born as a wild fox?" So, there's, it's a... I think we have to be um, take into account that uh, it's it's often on the question of exactly right or exactly wrong. Yeah. In many versions of the Quran, it, it says uh, if something not is not wrong, so. And actions have consequences. And mm -hmm. maybe in, in this instance, 
in the past that the ants are led to being a wild fox. It's possible. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's actually Dogen's commentary on it he, when he says sometimes the answer uh, not falling into cause and effect is correct in the time of Kashapa Buddha but not correct in the time of Shakyamuni Buddha. You know, he's saying given the circumstances it might, it might be the right answer or it might be the wrong answer. Yeah. 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 Which I think is not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, t- I saw a hand up over here, yeah, so I better, sorry. I better go. Did you want to say something? The answer is everybody with a red beard is Bodhidharma. <laughs> is that true? Yes. I knew a guy with a red the beard. Is, <laughs> what is the color of your beard? Mm-hmm. It might be. <laughs> I knew a guy with a red beard, and he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> no, I did. It was a guy. It was a real pain in the ass. So whenever I think of red beards, I think of this guy. I knew he was just such a pain in the ass. Yeah. With regards to the release yeah. story, if you read carefully like the version you printed, then the old man says, I have been released already. Yeah, he does say that, so and, and he usually... Already, yeah. And he says he lives behind the mountain. Yeah. So something else was going on that he kind of got released already. So it's not the case that because Hakujo gave... Yeah, it's hard to tell, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell when you, when you kind of look at the words of these. You can, you can kind of go endlessly into the, into the linguistic aspects of it and try to figure it out, but I feel like... Um, the koans are funny. They they have. I'll tell you the one the one koan that I solved. Um, and I told the story in in Finland just a week ago. It somehow came up. But um, my first teacher had studied with Joshu Sasaki, who was a Rinzai teacher, and he had a uh, he, he would make up his own koans. And one of Joshu Sasaki's koans was like this. Where was that sound before you heard it? After you heard it, where did it go? And Tim, my first teacher, told me that. He, didn't even, he wasn't even giving it to me as a koan. He just told it to me. Um, and, uh, and I just filed it away in my mind as like, oh, that's, that's another one of those weird things that you hear in Zen. I, I couldn't make any sense out of it. And so I carried around for a long time, and I'd been practicing, and I'd moved to Japan, and everything was you know, going on. And I was at a, uh, a company trip, uh, which is this, uh, I don't know if you, you do this in Germany, uh, it's a, it's, you would never do it in America, but it's a very Japanese thing where you have this uh, trip where everybody in the company goes to some place, like to the, you know, for the weekend they go to some ho- a hotel in the mountains or something. And they all get drunk for, for, for a weekend. Uh, so I went on this company trip with the company I worked for in Japan, and, and I... I I don't drink. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like against drinking, but I just don't, I don't like being drunk. I, every, other, other people enjoy being drunk. I've never liked it. Um, I don't like the way I feel when, when I have uh, too much alcohol. It just it feels bad to me. And, I don't, and I'm, I'm like at odds with the rest of the world. Everybody else feels good when they have too much alcohol, but I just feel bad. Um, so I wasn't drinking. But everybody else was. And I was talking to one of my coworkers, uh, uh, Umezaki Mayu, <laughs> I remember her name, 
haven't seen her for years. Apparently she moved to France, so maybe I should try to find her when I'm in, in France next week. Um, just occurred to me. Um, but um, so, so I was talking to her, and, and she didn't speak English. So I'm trying to talk to her in Japanese, and I'm talking to her about Zen, and she's drunk, and she probably doesn't care about Zen. <laughs> I don't know. But we were having this conversation. And, and I said, oh, you, you want to hear, I, I know this Zen koan. Um, I said, sono oto kiku ni doku ni atta, soshite sono oto kiku atode doku ni chatta, I think is what I said. So it's very bad Japanese for where was that sound before you heard it and after you heard it, where did it go? And as I was saying this, as it was Coming out of my mouth, I realized I know the answer to that. I never knew, I never knew what the answer to it was. So I told her this con, and I said, and I know the answer to that. <laughs> and she, I don't think she cared, but, uh, but I, 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 said, I said, do you want to know what the answer is? And she said, okay. And I just poked her in the arm. <laughs> That's the answer. And at that moment, that was the answer. Like, there was, no, there was no other possible answer to that story. That, that was the answer to where was that sound uh, before you heard it, after you heard it, where did it go? Poke. That was the answer. Um, and it was clear as day. And so uh, a few weeks later, I was talking to Nishijima Roshi, my teacher, who's a, who's a Soto teacher. And Soto teachers are very much more... Um, like, the Rinzai are the ones who like to slap and poke and, and prod. And so I told him the story of that, and he said, oh, that's a good answer, but here's another answer. Before you heard that sound, before you snapped your fingers, there was no sound. Then you snapped your fingers, and there was sound. Then after you snapped your fingers, there was no sound again. <laughs> so those are two ways to answer that, uh, that koan. And, uh, and at least my teacher thought they were both good answers. <laughs> and I can see uh, his point. Um, I think he was trying to teach me a different way of, uh, he was trying to teach me his way of, of uh, working with the koans by, by saying that, um, which I think is another good way. Just the ordinary explanation is often um, good enough. And I could, have fig I could have figured that out the first time I heard it probably. Anyone else? Everybody's too hungry to comment. Okay. Maybe that's enough. Um, oh, oh yeah, I yes, couldn't see over my the side. The question either. is not particularly important. The mm -hmm. question, uh, cause and effect of some, I understand perhaps not uh, good, is the enlightenment person. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Yeah. Is this question not important? The, the question yeah, is... Because it's a, a question about in, enlightenment people. Mm -hmm. enlightenment. And, and it is, it's, it's, I'm glad you asked that because that's a point I, I kept forgetting to bring up. This is a, this is a it's one of these old uh, problems within uh, Buddhism that, that, used to, that people used to, uh, in the old days, be kind of obsessed with. Is an enlightened person subject to cause and effect? Because 
if you say an enlightened person is not subject to cause and effect, this gives you the idea that the enlightened person is some kind of superhuman uh, and, and is beyond cause and effect. And the, so I think one of the things the koan is trying to say is, yes, there is a sense in which you can say an enlightened person is beyond cause and effect, but that doesn't mean the enlightened person is a, a super person. Because what the, what the answer that, that uh, uh, Hyakujo gives is, is fumai inga. Trans- that's one of the reasons I gave you the different translations. People give it uh, different versions, but it means don't be unclear about cause and effect. And, and it's, often, it's, also, it's, it's a bit like saying you know the answer. You know that you are beyond cause and effect, and also if you do something bad, you'll have consequences. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's again that balance of both. So the, the, there's no, and that, that's kind of, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not really so much of an issue these days, but when, uh, when Buddhism and Hinduism and these kind of other philosophies started to come to the West, there was a kind of a strong tendency for people to look upon the teachers of them as, as being extraordinary, you know, special. Because I think if we come from Christian countries, our model for that is Jesus, you know? And so there was a, there was a tendency to see these people as like, oh, this is Jesus. This is another Jesus here. And because he's Jesus, he can do no wrong. And because of that, there were huge problems, you know, huge scandals and all sorts of... I just heard one about one... Um, actually, this happened in... Uh, this was um, uh, our mutual friend... Um, Christopher's teacher uh, who went terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a. I always was. I always was sort of happy for the fact that even though there were sex scandals among Buddhists, there were, weren't. There, I didn't know about any child abuse scandals, but now I know of one <laughs> that happened in Germany with a with a Buddhist teacher, uh, and probably you know because people thought that he was. Um, you know, some kind of uh, beyond uh, beyond cause and effect. You know that, uh, or maybe the teacher himself thought that he was beyond cause and effect, which meant he could do anything he wanted, which is uh, also not a good way to live. <laughs> All right, there you go. The thrilling conclusion of Hyaku Joe's Fox. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to support me doing more of these podcasts, you can go to hardcorezen.info/donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate. There you will find links to my PayPal and Patreon accounts. Those are my main way of making a living, so I really appreciate your support. But as always, this is offered for free, so you don't got to pay if you don't want to pay. We will see you next time. Have a good time all the time. Bye.